0: Hi, this is Jerry Conway, and you're listening to Amazing Spider Talk.
1: Welcome to the Amazing Spider Talk. My name is Dan Gavazdin and I'm the editor of SuperiorSpiderTalk.com.
0: And I'm Mark the editor of the Chasing Amazing blog. Welcome
1: back and thanks for joining us for the third, fourth, and 1.3rd episode of Amazing Spider Talk. Did I just say that, Mark?
0: I think you did, but welcome back, Dan. It's 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 fun all the same.
1: Yeah, we hope you enjoyed this podcast and that it provides an intelligent conversation between two fans and collectors as we hope to look at the Spider-Man comic universe in a bit of a bigger picture.
0: Yes, and uh, if your reward for making you wait will be, in this episode, we'll be discussing Amazing Spider-Man's number three and four by Dan Slott and Umberto Ramos answering some fan mail, giving away some prizes, covering all the Spider news that's fit to print, which uh, there's quite a heck of a lot that came out of San San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, we missed a con, too, Dan. This is too much going on.
1: Yeah, I know. Uh,
0: (laughs) uh, We're going to talk very briefly about Spider-Man 2099 number one, and then we will conclude this mega giant-sized man-thing podcast by talking about Amazing Spider-Man Learning to Crawl number 1.3 by Dan Slott and Ramon Perez.
1: If you hear this sound... Please check out your iOS device for a link to an article, video, or image to enhance your listening experience. Mark, we've been away for quite a while. Uh, You know, fans are probably wondering where we've been. I mentioned last time that I was moving to L.A., and then I finally moved to L.A. from Maryland all the way across the country. And then where were you, Mark?
0: Um, Well, I was mostly in New York, but then right around the time you finally got settled in and had a working internet connection, I I had the nerve to go on a vacation with my wife for a solid week, uh, enjoying the the beautiful, cooler beaches of uh, Maine. Um, So, um, yeah, and then we tried to do this again, and uh, we had a couple technical difficulties, but now fingers crossed let's let's do a podcast right
1: yeah let's get right to it people don't want to wait any longer let's talk about amazing spider-man number three
0: Uh, yes, Amazing Spider Man number three, which I think at this rate came out in what, 1963, Dan? <laughs> oh, we're, we're, we're talking about the new Amazing Spider Man number three, which still came out a while ago. But, uh, you know, for the purposes of, of the Spider Talk here, I know, Dan, I think, I believe this was the last review you snuck in before you disappeared uh, to the West Coast.
1: Yeah, I, it's literally the last thing I did on my computer. I, I posted that thing while I was cramming in writing it the morning of the move. And then put posted it, packed up the computer, put it in the car, and left to move to LA. So
0: And then you did all that and realized you never put a number grade on it and, and it was all nuts. <laughs> <nice. laughs>
1: it was just floating out there in the ether without a there grade. You go. On it. No, I, I, there you- I managed to do that, but uh okay. yeah. Very all good. All for you fans.
0: No, oh, all for you. That is dedication. Well well um since since you put an assigned grade on your review, um, and I usually don't, um, I'm going to lead off the conversation on this one because uh, that's a good reason to is, lead is off the that, conversation. Is that how it works? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, moving right along. Um, so okay so here's a funny thing my biggest takeaway from this issue dan was actually um the pacing of the of the comic you know it, it felt like after um you know 18 months or so of dan slot writing auto octavius and superior spider-man where it just felt like every single issue was just this huge game changer There were like you know 900 different narratives going at once and you know twists and reveals and betrayals and yada 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 um mason spider-man number three was kind of like a very toned down issue for for dan slot comic book at least in my opinion uh in terms of the narrative i mean we we had some advancements but overall it just kind of felt like um dan Slott was just moving a lot of pieces forward on the board without really kind of going for checkmate do you know what i'm saying
1: Yeah, I mean, when people do these decompressed stories, you know, something like maybe Ultimate Spider-Man, you usually do it so that the characters can be, you know, really savored and enjoyed, um, and also so that like the plot can can move forward in some way. But here, I felt like everything, like you said, was just moved incrementally forward, if at all. You know, we get a reprisal of all the stories we've been following. But not a lot of new details. And the characters, I would say, are not really to be savored here because I don't know that they're really that consistent with what we've known them to be.
0: Yeah, I mean there's definitely one character in particular that uh, – and we'll, we will get to that at length in a little bit. Um, I mean we did get a pretty good reveal towards the beginning when, when we checked in on the Cindy Silk character when uh, the good old Ezekiel got name dropped. That was That was fun, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I always like seeing Ezekiel show up, mostly just to know that that stuff is still considered as canon. You know, like, we haven't seen any references to the JMS era in quite a while, so um, that was enjoyable to me. What did you think of that?
0: Oh, no, definitely. I mean, it also obviously ties in. I mean, we know Moreland is going to be the big bad in Spider-Verse, so I— definitely feel like the Ezekiel connection with Silk is going to tie some things up there. We learn more about Silk, uh, an amazing Spider-Man number four, which we're going to get to, but, um, yeah, no, I, I I am a I I I mean that coming home arc the first JMS arc uh you know is is one of my all-time favorites in terms of Spider-Man stories. Wasn't as huge of a fan as when you know some of the later stuff that um you know the Totem stuff that that JMS was doing uh, on his run there. I mean, I, I I in general kind of feel like the JMS run loses steam in, the, in in its second half. Um but um no, this 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 should be fun. It's a good way to kind of like you say, work in some maybe forgotten continuity. Uh, as long as we're not working in, like, for- forgotten continuity, like, sins past, uh, I-, <laughs> I think we'll be okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I like, I like all of the Ezekiel arcs, you know, because he disappears before the other comes up. And that, that I'm not a big fan of, but I like the, the conclusion to the Spider Totem art because it kind of was in between. It didn't, like, nail it down as being hard fact that he was related to, to- Totemic Powers. So right. to me that was still acceptable and, and I think Ezekiel's an interesting character, so it's nice to see a return to that here.
0: Yes. Um and then um we 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 did some checking in on Peter at Parker Industries, um, some funny stuff going on with Anna Maria, right?
1: Yeah. Um I, I like this development. You know, we're starting finally, I think, to see what is going on in Anna Maria's mind. She's been kind of, you know, uh, I guess running away from Dealing with how she feels about Otto's, you know, I guess deceit or disappearance. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, let's not make let's not mince words. There's definitely some deception going on there. I mean, you know, he wasn't who he said he was, which I kind of worry about as being glossed over in all this.
1: Yeah, I well, I mean, I, I think you know, you and I have expressed it before that there was, there was a, a huge change during the Superior era where, you know, Otto was the villain and then suddenly became the anti-hero despite the fact that he killed peter parker um and i don't know how do you feel about that
0: well yeah i mean well but that's exactly it i mean like you know i think the character probably became more popular than people real that people at marvel thought he was going to be um you know there was a lot of oh bring back otto when 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 superior ended but i mean There's got to be a way to kind of like, all right, you know, embrace that popularity, but also not gloss over some of the really damning things that he did as a character. I mean, you know, like, like, I don't know. I don't feel I I just don't feel that Anna Maria should be as as okay as she kind of seems with the fact that, you know, the guy that she was with uh, turned out to. A not be who he said he is, B turned out to be someone who, you know, has tried to take over the world on countless occasions, has committed murder, has done a lot of bad stuff. So, you know, like there's got to be there's got to be somewhere else where we're meeting in the middle here, right?
1: I guess the the idea proposed by this issue is that she's still like interested in his intellectual endeavors. Um like she, you know, she doesn't really mention I think much of her emotions towards him more than right. his work needs to be saved. Um so I think I'm a little more okay with it, and I think you know it's starting to open up ideas for the future of Anna Maria and where this character is going. Um, right, and you know we can speculate about that all we want. Like, will she become a villain? Will she bring back the work of Doctor Ock? You know, Ah? I-, I I don't know, but um, you know, that scene seemed kind of ominous to me. Did you read yeah, that, that
0: from it? Yeah, definitely. It's kind of like you know how far down the rabbit hole is she going to go here? In in trying to promote Otto's research. Um, so, I mean, we'll see where that goes. Um, obviously, this is going to play out probably over the span of many issues. Um, or not. Got, or not. <laughs> or maybe it'll just never be addressed again, which just yeah, wouldn't be the first time. But I, I'm, I'm banking on the, I, you know, slot, Slot's better than most at not on leaving things untied. You know, and he saying. knows
1: Anna Maria is like a beloved character now.
0: Yeah, and I think he loves her as a, as a writer, as a creator. I think he he's he's proud of that character. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll see where he goes with that. Um, in terms of older characters getting new spins, so Jay Jonah Jameson is going. Looks like he's going to be on the Fact Channel. Which Dan Gavazin, you win your prize. Your no prize. I'm I'm, uh, I'm doing
1: pretty well here. I got a good batting average for this. I'm
0: safe. <laughs> you know, Papa Jonah Pizza. Sadly, not going to be a thing. But- <laughs> Um, Still holding out hope. Yeah, you never know. You never know. I mean, you know, good ingredient, fresh ingredients. You know, good prices. Papa Jonas. I I think there's there's some latitude with that.
1: Maybe he'll uh, become the new like you know marketing person for that.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I just let's just you know again like the Anna Maria thing. Let's let's see where this is going. Um, but on a more <laughs> se- <laughs> on a more serious note, I I, I do wonder if this whole fact channel thing like this is clearly gonna this is clearly mocking fox news or, or even if you don't want to be totally political about it it's, it's mocking the whole cable chat tell news people screaming at each other for you know half hour installments um and my favorite you know, yeah exactly i mean i i i have those shows on all the time which is to say i never have them on we should, uh, we should
1: turn this podcast
0: into that I think so too. But, but, um, well, you know, we can even do that for comics. But, you know, that's the thing, Dan. I mean, you know, we, we, we talk about trying to be two intelligent fans having a conversation about Spider Man. And, and I feel like, you know, Jonah is, if things go as I think they're going to go, and granted, they may not, um, mm-hmm. It just kind of seems that Jonah is kind of going to be typecast as kind of a a silly character who's just going to rant and rave. And I don't know. I mean, like after 50 plus years of this character, is this this the best we can do for him?
1: Yeah, I don't know that I uh, think this is the best place we could go with the character. You know, the the idea of him being kind of destitute, he had that like pizzas and, you know, because you go for pizza when you're really destitute. And, yeah, well, uh, yeah, and and the alcohol bottle in in previous issues, and I was like, okay, like I want to see a Jonah that's kind of like having to deal with the way that he acts, like all of his bloviating, um, you know. It, but instead, I feel like we're just going to get just a new platform for him. He's not the mayor anymore, and now he's got this, and maybe it will drive him kind of crazy. And I think the artwork here on Jonah was actually really great like yes. when he whenever he mentions Spider-Man, his eyes go in like opposite directions
0: <laughs> which
1: like <laughs> i think is really just enjoy, enjoyable um and it just does seem like a natural evolu- evolution of the character or like at least in terms of media like if Joan is going to stay the same you know a more modern version of where he would be it, it seems like home for him at like a fox news kind of thing
0: yeah, but like I said, I just—I mean, we've we've seen this character before, just in a different generation, so it was a little more toned down. You know what I mean? And I—it's I, like like you—I was kind of looking forward to, oh, you know, the way Superior ended. It's like, wow, Jonah's in a really interesting place, and and I feel like you know we've seen this a lot with with Jonah over the years. It's like whenever Marvel, um, at least in the mainstream version of Spider-Man, and like whenever Marvel kind of has him down and pinned they they kind of like weasel their way out like i'm thinking back to that You know, original '80s arc with the Hobgoblin, where like you know he he outs himself for for you know funding the Scorpion, and it's like it's like you think that it's going to be this major status quo game changer, and then he's just like, well, I'm no longer editor. That's that's Joe Robbie, but I'm still publisher, and it's like, wait, how the hell is that happening? Like you should be you should be done. You should be out of the business. So, um, some of my
1: favorite Jonah stories were the ones in uh, Brand New Day where he lost the bugle and having heart attacks and had to work yeah. out in the park. I thought those were really fun, and um, I would like to see him earn this back. Uh, you know, my favorite depiction of Jonah is Ultimate Jonah, where
0: uh, I knew you were going to say that.
1: You know, he's made these revelations and become a far more interesting character than he has ever been in Amazing Spider-Man, and maybe maybe that's the point. You know, he's just kind of a like a force. You know, uh, yeah. Jonah being crazy as as regular as gravity.
0: Yeah, I hear you. Um, in terms of other um, Silver Age characters that we t- touch upon, we we kind of get the obligatory Electro appearance, and now this is to me this is this what we get with Electro in this issue kind of epitomizes what we were talking about with like moving pieces forward. Because I mean, I, I can't even say that much advanced with this character here, right? I mean, we just kind of see him, and it's you know it's more about the other villain who. I never usually think of as a straight-up villain, but we'll get to that uh, and what's going on with her and Spider-Man, right?
1: Yeah, I mean the, the beat that we get for Electro is basically identical to what we got in the previous yes. like, story where he like lights his room on fire or kills someone, and this is the same thing. He just blames – But I did like the visualization of, um, of Superior Spider-Man from Superior Spider-Man team-up controlling him like a puppet – Mm -hmm. And it was nice to see a callback to that, that those stories, like, happened and and are are significant, you know. And that's the kind of thing that makes me want to pick up team-up books, you know, or or B-titles when they actually do influence the main arc and characters.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, especially when... You know, slot isn't the one writing those team-up books, but the fact that they do get kind of, like you said, called out in a slot book kind of makes makes those who follow Spider-Man across every title feel a little more, um, you know, a little more incentive to do that.
1: Yeah, I um, mean, it's something that never happened, you know, in the, the 80s or 70s, you know, these backup books would have these and you never really
0: would see them tie in, so... I don't know man. I remember that two parter with Stegron, and they talk about his first appearance in Marvel team so, right, ups um, all
1: right all right
0: all right um, you
1: couldn 't you know, rely on it as consistently i don 't
0: think. no this is this is very true yeah um but let's let's let 's not ignore the eight hundred pound feline in the room, and I guess talk a little <laughs> bit about felicia hardy party Hardy black cats characterization in in this book. Um, you know, I, I, I'll get the party started here, Dan, because, I mean, for me, you know, I, I feel like I was a little more open-minded than most um, when, you know, Slot started to kind of un, unwind this plot line a little bit in ASM 1 and ASM 2. But, you know, now that we kind of got Felicia in full force, um, I am really kind of befuddled about where where these character beats are coming from. I mean, this is not... The same character that we've been reading about since the 70s it's just, this is this is this is really bizarre she's homicidal she's impossible to reason with i mean there's no more fun to the character anymore um what's going on here
1: well i mean you said it and it all lies on on one beat in this story like i buy that felicia would want revenge especially given the you know nice visualization we saw from you know, showing her time in prison and things like that. Like, okay, I get it that she would be upset with Spider-Man, but there's a point where she makes a decision to endanger someone else's life, it, like intentionally,
0: as part of her revenge scheme. And to me, that's crossing the line. I mean, even, I mean, even that that splash page with her with the caviar and the champagne, and she's got like the people tied up in the backgrounds. Like, I, I like that was. That was never her. I mean, she was a cat bur- burglar. You know, she snuck in, would steal. You know, kind of Robin Hood, steal from the rich for herself. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but there's like this seems to be this like arbitrary violent streak to her, or you know, and she's she's terrorizing more than just Spider Man here. And and uh, you, you know, like, and 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 like I I also just don't. Yes, I get why she would want revenge on Spider Man, but like at the same token, like. I mean, you know, she's she's ready to kill him, and it's like that that just seems out of nowhere too. You know what I mean? Like, 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 why? Why? You know, like, get him back. Throw you know, oh, I'll you know, I'll, I'll screw with your life, expose your identity, whatever. I mean, like this. I'm sure there are countless things that she can do to get her vengeance. But like, you know, Felicia never killed.
1: And she she repeats over and over again that she like lost the respect that she had because of what Spider Man did, you know, to her. Right like, but what respect did she ever have in the in the villain or burgling or whatever hero community in no yeah. community is she well liked? you know what does she lose by going to jail, which countless villains
0: have happened to them like yeah. what
1: what is it that she 's trying to gain back and 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 with who
0: right well that 's it, and then you know i I, I feel that slot kind of betrays um some things a little bit when you know well first he has spidey teller hey man that wasn't me when you know that and, and and first she's just kind of like i don't care which just seems like it just seems like because especially since like slot has gone out of his way to kind of just like brush that under the rug with everybody else in terms of like spider-man being like with the avengers hey man you can't arrest me it wasn't me it was doc ock like oh okay that makes sense yeah. Or or Spider Man twenty ninety nine, like, yeah, yeah, that's 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 about right, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right. That's literally what he says.
0: Yeah, and and you know, but with but with Felicia, it's like, you know, she's the only one that's gonna make a stand about it. Like, no, no, you, you must be responsible for things that weren't your actions. That's just again, I don't mind that if that was a consistent character beat that we got post superior, but we haven't. So why 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 are we Mixing and matching on this, that this doesn't make sense, especially when it doesn't feel true to who Felicia is.
1: Well, it's it's undermined moments later when he, like, pretends to be Dr. Octopus and then Felicia responds like it's a big deal and just hightails it out of there, you know, because she knows the issue is about to end. Yeah, and it's...
0: Yeah. yeah. And it's and it's a very meta moment because it's like, you know, Peter is like, oh, wow, I can't believe anybody couldn't recognize it was me. And again, it was like it's like one of these things where I feel like tongue in cheek or not slots kind of like, you know, selling out his own his own premise. It's like, you know, like, you know, you and I have talked about this when we were talking superior and I and I defended it because I was kind of. Under the oh, suspension of disbelief, just roll with it, kind of a thing, you know. Why? Why would the Avengers go to such lengths to find out why Spider-Man is acting like a kook? You know what I mean? Like, like I just, I, I, I went with it. And then to just be like, oh, who who, who believed that? Ha <laughs> ha! It just I don't know. Like it, it kind of feels like a slap in the face to the fans who were not kind of joining the choir of, of the of the negative Nancys on the internet who you know are like, oh, this this whole thing is it's a house of cards and it's going to go nowhere because you know it, it's, it's 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 you know unrealistic characterization, blah 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 blah. You know, does that make sense to you?
1: Yeah. Sometimes I wonder if Slot is just feels like he needs to respond to every single voice with, like, some kind of meta wink towards them, but then doesn't know
0: what he's addressing. Yeah. Um... I don't know. That's just the way that I read it. But you just yeah. I mean, it would be a lot. Of, I think these comics would be a lot better if you know if that is the case. And I think you're right, Dan. So I'm going on the assumption that that's the case. But uh, these, I think these comics would be a lot better if like you know we just focused on the story, didn't give a crap what the critics or the internet was saying. You know, like let's just let's just do it. You know, let's ha- let's tell this story, tell it the way you want to. You're you know you're writing the, one of the greatest superheroes in the world. You know, twice a month what's what's not to love, you know yeah like life is good
1: <laughs> uh, i think I think a lot uh, and this makes me like think back to this too we everybody focuses on the whole one more day history and how it relates to Peter and Mary Jane, but right. I, I think also here, like w- you know the history between Felicia and Peter is also in question because you know he did unmask to her. And their relationship did change dramatically because of that unmasking, and right. which is true of Mary Jane as well. So now that she like doesn't know who he is, like I've always been like curious at what their, like what their relationship was and what the explanation for why their relationship would end is.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. And I mean, I think there's this that...
1: further complicates it.
0: Yeah, I mean, there was that one post six hundred two parter where you know, I mean, they 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 hook up, but and I think there's an acknowledgement that there was a relationship in the past, but yet to, to what extent, um, whereas obviously pre one more day there was, you know, I mean, they had a real history. I mean, they were close. I mean, you know, like putting aside some of the weird stories that came out of that, that era with, you know, her, him meeting her mother and whatnot.
1: Uh, (laughs) One of your (laughs) old
0: started on that. I know, I know. But, 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 I mean like as much as I have problems with it, like I think back to like that, the the Kevin Smith mini with Black Cat where it's like, I mean, you know, there's, there's a bond between those characters and, and, you know, that obviously is muddied by brand new day and, you know, clearly there's just no remnant of that now in whatever slots doing.
1: Yeah. It's just a confusing relationship and a confused character. I mean, maybe it could have been solved by showing us like maybe she, if she actually had had a tragedy of some sort in jail, I would yeah. buy it a bit more but I don't really I'm not super concerned about Felicia Hardy going to prison.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean do, and do we even really want to go there if there's a tragedy like I was even thinking about that. It's like I don't know. That could that could probably go to a place that comics don't need to go sometimes that go more often than they should.
1: Well, I don't mean like any kind of like abuse tragedy, but I mean, you know, okay. maybe it caused her, you know, Like she went to jail and was unable to care for her mother or something like that. All right. I mean,
0: there's many ways you could go with it. And the mother still wants to know what happened to that nice Spider-Man boy.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, guess what? He's now evil.
0: (laughs) And the mother's dead. Wait, we don't know that. The mother came to
1: visit her in jail. And when she told her about Spider-Man putting her there, she had a heart attack.
0: Yes, there you go. This is is some dark stuff. This is why I
1: should be writing this.
0: Before before we create any more fan fiction, anything else from this issue you want to tackle?
1: Uh, well, you know, I, I do want to say I enjoyed uh, the whole kind of like Parker Industries element in this book and the fact okay. that they're kind of becoming like a Ghostbusters team. Like, OK. I, I like that development because it still feels kind of like fun and uh, adventurous rather than like Peter being in a lab being like, I've devised this device that – You know, can solve X number of things. And I know that we see some of that stuff, but I like that he's going straight after these villains. And I think that's an interesting twist to where his industry could go. Right. But it does bring up some questions for me about um, like Spider-Man's relationship with Parker Industries because he says he's not going to be – associated with Spider-Man, but clearly he's going after Spider-Man's villains. So like right, right. where is the line there? I don't know yeah. what this plot development means for the Parker Industries or the story overall. So I'm really just looking for some clarity.
0: Yeah, I mean this is something that probably needs some some good flushing out and I don't know based on the schedule and the solicitations of what's to, what's to come if we're going to get it.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't really know either. Um, you know, and I'm still waiting for her, a Horizon reprisal. But um what do you think about Ramos's art here?
0: Um I I have been really impressed with Ramos since um the reboot in April. I mean, I I wonder if having him only doing one issue at a time is maybe kind of keeping him a little little neater. I sure. mean, you know, I mean, you know, the the the, the dynamic nature is still there. Um but it just feels a little cleaner. And, um, you know, like I I liked the black cat costume, the new one in this, you know, it's a little less seductive than what we've seen in the past with the character, which is yeah, probably a good I thing. Enjoyed,
1: I enjoyed that. I mean, I, I guess that's the opposite of probably what they're, the, most audiences are responding to, but like. <laughs> Too much clothing. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted more clothing on Black Cat. And Where are the furry boots? Ah. <laughs> I love the idea of the belt that turns into a tail slash whip. I thought that was really cool. Yes. And uh, um, I'm not so sure how I feel about the cat's eyes, but I'm willing to, like, let it grow on me a little bit.
0: Okay, very good. I don't know. Um, and, and, of course, the aforementioned Jonah panel, which I thought was fantastic. So, yeah, no, Ramos was definitely definitely uh bringing his game. Uh, yeah, there was in this some issue. F-
1: some weird facial facial work here, but I wonder if it was just the result of inking rather yeah. than Ramos where there's like little details that are missing. Like pupils seem to be disappearing a lot in these comics. I don't know if you've noticed that Mark.
0: Mm, I got to go back and look. No, I didn't <laughs> I have not been noticing. It's such <laughs> a
1: small little thing, but you know, it, you know, without a pupil, how can you see, Mark?
0: You need at pupils, man.
1: Uh well, okay.
0: Wah, wah. Right. <laughs> oh, Carly. <laughs>
1: Are you blaming it on her again?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm blaming everything on her. All right. Uh, all right, Dan. So what was your grade on this?
1: I'm giving this one a C. Uh,
0: I'm going to go a Nash below you and give it a C minus. Probably. I mean, definitely my least favorite of the run so far. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's where I'm at.
1: Awesome. Well, let's start talking about Amazing Spider-Man number four.
0: So, Amazing Spider-Man number four. Uh, we we learn a lot about uh, Silk, Silk's oranges, Cindy uh, in this issue. It's an original Sin tie-in. Um, original Sin, of course, being the big mini-series being uh, being pumped out by Marvel right now. Which, um, if you haven't read it, actually, Dan, I think this is one of the better Marvel events we've gotten in recent years. Although, but these tie-in issues that have been popping up across other uh, series have been a little rough because the transition into them has been kind of like, eh. And I could tell from your review on Spider-Talk that you you were not a huge fan of this. So so why don't you, you, you could give us a little example why you were not a fan of Amazing Spider-Man number four.
1: Well, I mean, I don't think it's like the worst issue ever, but um, <laughs> that's a good way to start. That, that's, worst issue
0: ever. <laughs> that's,
1: that's a pull quote for like, you know, the movie poster. There you, yeah, go. There you go. But... um Yeah, you know, um, for the past three issues we've been teased with this whole, you know, Silk character or Cindy or whoever it is. And a lot of those teases have included some pretty key, you know, elements to, like, who this character is. You know, the first issue showed us that she was – there was another person that was bitten by a spider, which, like, on its own is a huge development. Um, Yes. I mean, like – Like completely universe changing for Spider Man, you know. There's another guy or another girl out there who was bit by the spider. Um, Yep.
0: Okay. I mean, this was the topic for a whole "What If" issue. You know, the Watcher saw it, and it was not a pretty uh, fallout from my my memory.
1: Yeah, and then (laughs) (laughs) and then we get the information that she's like watching tapes of Spider Man and living in seclusion. You know. And uh, and that's a pretty big revelation. Okay, this person's still out there and exists. Why have we not met them? And then we find out that this person has been put there by Ezekiel. You know, and so immediately it brings to mind the ideas of like, you know, how Peter was supposed to go into seclusion uh, to avoid Morlin, and maybe that's what this character is. I mean, that's where my mind went. Am I incorrect in, in jumping to that conclusion?
0: Yeah, no, no. I think I, I think you're on the right track so far.
1: Okay, so the reason that this issue for me didn't work is because you know we get this. You know, I understand, and I, I slot. I definitely think was trying to avoid the abruptness of jumping straight to an original sin tie-in uh, in the middle of his other ongoing story. Um, which I mean, maybe he could have wrapped that up a little earlier because I don't know that a lot has happened with that story so far. Yeah, um, yeah, but. you know, he's trying to do the the best of both worlds, I think. So he's giving us information to get us interested in this character so that the transition isn't as abrupt. And I felt like the transition was handled pretty well. I mean, for it being a tie-in. The whole original sin battle in the streets, I thought was, like, not that interesting. And I didn't know who this orb character was holding up an eyeball and stuff like that. Uh, Not really that interesting to me. But if we're going to do it, I thought it was handled pretty well, but the problem with it is that the rest of the issue has Spider-Man learning about this Cindy person, and we already know, like, almost everything that he learns about her, so we're ahead of him the whole time, and imagine what it would have been like if we had found out about, you know, uh, Cindy along with Spider-Man. It would have been a lot more interesting, I, I, I would submit, but, I mean, again, if if it were doing it that way, it would have been so sudden and shocking, we would have complained about it being out of nowhere in the story. Yeah. So it's kind of stuck in this limbo in between where it's not really satisfying, but it's also not, like, painful. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, this is where Marvel just kills you know shoots himself in the foot when it comes to these crossovers i mean like i said the the main original sin series i actually think it's been a pretty good read i mean i've been kind of turned off to the marvel events uh after the last batch of them but i you know for for reasons that i i'm i'm a, i'm that i'm that guy i'm i'm the i'm the guy in the audience who just buys it even though i, I sometimes am am unhappy with it but i have been You're pretty the reason with they're this. doing it yeah i know I know. Well, because it's like I'm afraid that I'm going to miss something very critical that will be in handy for other things that I do. Yeah. Um, but um, but the thing is, you know, the, a lot of these tie-in issues, like, I mean, I've been reading like Daredevil and Fantastic Four and um, – you know, I just been getting some of the other stuff just kind of thrown into my pull pile randomly, which has been kind of weird. That's a whole other story. And like these reveals, it's all the same level of stuff. It's like these huge, huge you know, like Iron Man was responsible for Hulk being Bruce Banner getting gamma radiation, and that uh, the, the Johnny Storm could have potentially cured the thing and and didn't, and like like really big, big character changing stuff and you're, and it's just like boom there inserted with like you know the, the with with the nimbleness of a of a ratchet gun you know and it's just kind of <laughs> like um and and Spider-Man was subjected to it too although I, I i do think that by kind of setting us up with these with with the Cindy stuff leading up to this issue um the the landing was a little softer in spider-man than what i've seen in some other series you know it wasn't so abrupt
1: i will say i buy this like it it comes from like a place and a character where it makes sense
0: yes um but okay so you know criticism of the execution aside what did you think of cindy what i mean interesting but definitely some flaws here right
1: I'm not really that interested in this character, I will say. Like, for a reveal that's one of the largest in Spider Man history, it's, like, handled pretty casually. And, like, Cindy, I can't get a grasp of her because she's so violently from one emotion to the next. You know, one second she's like, Thank you so much for letting me out. Wait, you did what? And it's just, she's so violently back and forth. I don't really, like, care about her you know or or know much about her um you know and i guess there's something's teased here and perhaps i'll find out more as time goes on but um it's not a character that like i was really that interested in i i don't know what about you
0: yeah no i mean there's definitely a juvenile nature and some inconsistencies in her characterization but the same token I, i i do like the fact and i mean you know it's it's a shame that we have to have these conversations, but you know, in, in 2014. But like, you know, there, there's there's such a lack, especially in Spider-Man comics, of of powerful women characters. And and this one clearly, you know, their their power sets a little slightly different. But you know, this one, for the most part, is going to be Peter's equal. It looks like in terms of powers and or, a, and or
1: Asian characters.
0: Well, yeah, well that too. And and you know, like for me, I'm just kind of. Interested in the prospects of having a, a female character, and we know how the comic ends, uh, which kind of adds another dramatic twist to it. Where you're like, okay, well, you know, this is not going to be this is not MJ or Gwen or you know, and and you know, she. Well, although it could, you know, she does have some of those characterization inconsistencies that Black Cat had in your during your favorite run in the '80s, uh, where things just got weird. So I, you know what I mean, like. But I kind I kind of want to see where this is going because I want to see Spider Man with a female actually who can hold her own and not be a liability all the time or at least not a physical liability
1: I mean I agree with you but I mean what do we get from this character she's another like amply breasted woman that is attracted to Spider-Man and wears next to no clothing. Like,
0: <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I, I, there was definitely some criticism about the costume. I don't feel the costume is long for this world for a lot of reasons, but, I mean, you know, it was not a great debut costume, that's for certain. Um, I mean, and, the thing with, and the thing with the attraction is, I like, I also came from the mindset that I think there are bigger things going on that are drawing the two of them together. Like, you know, Moreland talks about the Spider Queen when, when, when the she's spider awakened. Spider Bride, you mean? Spider Bride, I'm sorry, you're right, you're right. Queen would be, what's her name? from uh, Spider Island. Uh, What's that? Her name is The Queen. Right. Thank you. (laughs) You said her name is Steve McQueen? Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, I couldn't couldn't hear the audio blip there, Dan. Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, so... The Spider Bride. I, I I feel that there's there there might be some more you know mystical maybe totemic forces at play here that are drawing the two of them together. Kind of maybe not even totally, uh, you know, with with their will. Although I don't want to make it sound like it's against their will because that's a whole other rabbit hole. Uh,
1: yeah, but, I mean, I I I think that's interesting too. But one thing I worry about whenever a story starts going that direction in that direction is that like. We have these uncontrollable influences which are guiding our characters' actions. Like, are these characters going to have will of their own? You know, and that's once you lose will from your willpower from your main character, you know, your story can lose a lot of its, you know, momentum or like drive or even like why you would care following it if they're just going to, you know, fulfill some preordained position. We'll see where it goes, but that's a worry that I always have whenever they introduce things like that.
0: Gotcha. So in other words, you were a big fan of Hawkeye being, like, mind-controlled by Loki in, like, the first five minutes of The Avengers. Oh,
1: yeah. It was a great choice for that character.
0: (laughs) As good as that movie was. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I did like, and I I get the sense that you weren't, you didn't yuck it up quite as much as I did. I did kind of like Peter... talking to cindy about moreland he's like you know and she he, when he's like oh well he's dead and she's like oh great great yeah and he, how did he die and like well the first time and then the second time i mean like slots kind of worked in a bunch of these kind of like meta jokes about um death in comics since since the reboot and like this i thought i kind of read it as another one i i, I chuckled at that one i kind of liked it
1: Yeah, I thought it was all right. My problem, though, with this, and I know that Peter has always been kind of this guy that rushes into situations before he really uh, thinks about them. He's, like, completely reckless. You know, like, his fighting style is like, oh, I could hide in the shadows and, you know, watch what's going on here for a minute. Or I could just jump into the middle of the room with all the guns pointing at me. Like, and he always goes for the latter, you know. And here we have him going into you know, um, that like, you know, locked up facility of Ezekiel's and all the messages are about to tell him everything he needs to know. And he's like, I'm done listening to you. And like, Cindy is like, don't open the door. And he's like, what? I didn't hear you, you know? And it makes him seem kind of like an idiot. Uh, you know, I, I, I understand that's kind of the way he's been portrayed for a very long time, but. Especially post-Superior, I would think that Spider-Man would be a little more hesitant about, like, just getting into something before he really knowing what's going on. I don't know. How do you feel about that?
0: Yeah, it's kind of like I won't put this helmet on my head ever again, but I will gently rest my brain against this other contraption because nothing could possibly go wrong ever again to me. Um, No, I I see exactly what you're saying. I mean – He's like supposed said, to be,
1: like, the greatest mind in the Marvel universe, and I get that there's a difference between, like, being smart and being rational, you know? But right. I kind of want to read about a character that makes smart decisions or at least makes as smart of decisions as I would make. Like, when I'm reading this comic, I'm like, well, clearly you shouldn't do that, you know? And here he is doing that. And I'm like, oh, come on, you know? Yeah. You wouldn't be in this situation if you just thought about it. And I just find it a little frustrating. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't expect that out of my characters, but...
0: uh, (laughs) So does does this uh, issue wet your appetite for Spider-Verse? you have any Spider-Verse anxieties, Dan?
1: Um, Um, I mean, I always will have anxieties about these big events. You know, um, I love Spider-Island and really didn't like Ends of the Earth. So slot is, you know, 50-50 in my book. Um, Yeah, I mean,
0: I think in terms of scope, this sounds more more along the lines of Spider-Island. I mean, Ends of the Earth was just kind of a hyped arc more than the event in my opinion i don't know
1: yeah i i agree with you there um so yeah this one it doesn't turn me off of it i want more characterization out of who silk is um and uh, uh, and i'm interested to see that and i think reading the superior spider-man 32 has actually really got me interested because i like that book a bit so um yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm really playing it. I'm not building myself up towards anything because I built myself up for the end of Superior, and I was really disappointed.
0: Oh, so. uh, we cried real tears that day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to wait and see. That's kind of my theory right philosophy right now.
0: All right, Dan. So what, 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 what's your grade on this? I
1: gave it a D+. Plus.
0: Woo! I know. Oh my goodness. It seems I really hard. Did you hear that, everybody? That was like the floor dropping out on Dan's <laughs> reviewing. I think that's your lowest review. Uh, uh, lowest grade. I think I think what is what did you give Superior 31? I don't even remember now. But I, think I I gave I
1: it a flat a flat D.
0: Oh my goodness. Um Well, you know, I've kind of come down from this issue after initially really praising it on chasing. Um, you know, just kind of like having more time to marinate. I guess that's the advantage of waiting six Six to eight weeks between reviews, right dan Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but i 'm not as quite as low as you i 'm giving this one a c plus
1: yeah i'm just i'm just not really that excited to find out more about this, like the whole time I was reading it, I was just thinking, can we get back to the electro stuff like I want to see that and and for a revelation this big, I should be a lot more excited about it i think
0: yeah that's a fair point dan, so um we shall wait and see. We, we, it sounds like we'll get back to Electro and Black Cat and Amazing Spider-Man number five with Silk, too. So maybe maybe this will all tie together beautifully. It'll be a symphony.
1: It'll be an A-plus book for me, I'm sure.
0: I, 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 I'm already anticipating. Uh, <laughs> why don't we get to some comments and emails? of course you can leave uh comments for us on itunes and stitcher uh or email us at amazingspidertalk at gmail.com if you uh, email us there um ask us a good question we'll 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 do our best to get to it and of course those those comments that you leave us on the uh, itunes and Stitcher services are important because that helps our ranking and our visibility so please 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 if you like the show leave a comment leave some stars for us and, and let us know how we're doing um for example this this first comment from uh itunes uh it's titled best spider-man podcast on the web pun intended five out of five stars and that is from superreesebrothers.com and he writes as a host of my own podcast it's hard to find a good balanced podcast on anything especially spider-man too much love too much hate this one is just right and has two knowledgeable hosts from one spidey fan to all the others give it a listen keep up the great work guys Awesome. Thanks, guys, over at
1: SuperReachBros.com. Our next one comes from E. Truman, um, who uh, gives us 5 out of 5, and the title is Spidey Fans Take Notice. And E. Truman writes, These guys really know their stuff, and they have a great back and forth between each other. A great podcast with great opinions. It's nice to hear the good and the bad opinions on the podcast. You don't get that on other podcasts. Cough. This Week in Marvel, Cough. For obvious reasons, an instant, stu- an
0: instant subscribe to me. This one is from Logan Lightcap. Uh, excellent supplemental material, and it's four out of five stars. Uh, and Logan Lightcap writes, as someone who grew up with a, with Spider-Man cartoons, I always loved the character, and I saw the Superior series uh, too interesting to pass up. Uh, these have been the first comics I've ever bought, and this podcast has me reading them much more enjoyable enjoyable. The stories are great, and this podcast is excellent supplemental material to listen to after you read each comic. However, the hosts often talk over the music, and there is the occasional audio glitch. But these are the only these are only minor issues. Overall, great podcast for comic book readers and for new readers like myself. Dan, does the audio glitches are you are you about to reprimand me on the air for uh, my my poor internet connection? Uh, no,
1: no, there's nothing you can do about it. I mean. Uh, Logan Lightcap, we're doing the best we can. Sorry about the glitches. I mean if anybody is experiencing anything that they like don't like on the show, like us talking over the music, that's something that I th- like and, and thought worked pretty well. But if, if you find it distracting, like we'd love to know your opinion. Shoot us an email and, and tell us what you're thinking about ways for us to improve the show and we're happy to, you know, to t- take it into consider- consideration. So Thanks for letting us know, Logan Lightcap. You know, uh, that might be something I play around with in the future. But audio glitches, there's no way to get around it. I mean, when you're recording over Skype, you know, that's the way it's going to go. And since we're, especially now that we're bi-coastal, it's not like Mark and I can go to a studio together.
0: Yeah, maybe someday when we're, we're rich and famous podcast people. But, you know, until then. I'm just fly
1: then. out there every two weeks.
0: Well, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, looks like we got some emails, right?
1: Yeah, our uh, first email comes from Ryland Bojack, who writes into the show every now and again, um, and uh, he talks about how he, um, you know, how much he's enjoyed Slot's writing, you know, for good and and the bad. That Slot has kind of a long-term vision of where he should go, um, and uh, that he feels like Spidey is being written by someone who actually cares where the character ends up. So, he says he has a big fear that after Slot's run ends, Spider Man will be written by someone who's more short sighted and the character will res- suffer as a result. He wants to know what we think about Slot's time as a writer and, I guess, his consistency with plotting, and who we'd like to see write Spider Man after Slot's run comes to an end, I guess, like in a perfect situation.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, well, first of all, I think that, I mean, this is a concern or an issue that's probably way out in the future. I kind of get the sense that slot is in the midst of one of these Claremontian runs on Spider-Man. I don't get, the, uh, you know, if, if he survived the, you know, the Marvel now reshuffling of the deck, um, I don't, you know, staying on Spider-Man, I don't get the sense that he's going anywhere anytime soon. Um, but with that said, um, yeah, you know, Dan Slott definitely has a long game, um, which I like. Um, but, you know, I do think there are other really good writers at Marvel that also have a long game, you know, Peter David, Mark Wade, uh people who've had experience writing, uh, writing Spider-Man, um, you know, would, would someone like Matt Fraction, whose name gets tossed around a lot, uh, maybe have a long, I mean, I think the issue of Matt Fraction would be making deadlines right now, the way Hawkeye has been going. Um, so, you know. I don't see this as a huge issue, but I get where it's coming from. I mean you kinda wanna see someone who takes care and wants to develop things, um and and you know, has an eye on the bigger picture. But I do I do think Marvel has a stable of writers right now that can pull that off.
1: Yeah, I think slot is kind of, you know, he's like slightly better than average in terms of writers. I think his best, you know, um skills are in what we're describing now, the plotting, the long-term plotting, Um, and coming up with unique ideas about where to take the characters. Like, I think he's pushed characters further than other writers have done in Spider-Man, and I like that, you know, kind of having them actually feel like there's, like, change occurring, or even if it's just an illusion of change, it's been kind of fun. Um, But I would like to see someone who's a little more character-focused, Um, come onto these books. Um, Then slot, you know, and I think again, I think he's done pretty well for Spider-Man. I mean, certainly the sales are up higher than they've been in a very long time. Um, So, um, I think he's good on that. Like, who would I like to see take Spider-Man on? I mean, if I had my, you know, my wish, I would love to see Bendis apply the ultimate style to Amazing Spider-Man. But then again, I'm also getting Ultimate Spider-Man and You know, that's fine by me, Um, but I would love to see something. I mean, uh, Mark, you and I were talking about Batman uh, before we got on the show and how much we're enjoying that series.
0: Yeah, Scott Um, Snyder would probably I mean, I don't know what Scott Snyder's background is on with Spider-Man. I mean, but I mean, I, I feel that the character work that he's been doing with Batman. I mean, that's been a series that's been a lot of fun Um really introspective i mean in talk in terms of like origin reimaginings and whatnot i mean you know we've been kind of complaining a little bit about learning to crawl and we'll we'll get to that in a little bit uh but zero year on batman i thought was was a really great read really enjoyable so i mean like i said these writers are out there i mean you know like and i do i I do think this i mean what about someone like a james c robinson i i I think we all kind of enjoyed the um the graphic novel with um, with Kingpin that just came out. Um, I mean, you know, Robinson, you know, has had like these like epic runs on the on like a lot of DC books back in the day. His Fantastic Four is actually quite good. It's not selling, so it's probably going to get canceled. Um, but you know, it's not his fault. <laughs> it's you know, <laughs> it's just who reads Fantastic Four anymore. You know, it's which is just a shame. I mean, it feels kind of counterintuitive to have. You know, not have a Fantastic Four book out, but I, like I said, I think I think the potential is out there to to find someone to fill Dan Slott's shoes. Although I mean, it's, I still yeah, made...
1: it's not like there's nobody on the planet that can write Spider-Man well, except for Dan no. Slott.
0: No, I mean, and and, and I even think like his, you know Dan's noted grasp on continuity can be a little overrated. I mean, you know, when when we talk about Su- Superior Spider-Man thirty-two in our next podcast. Um, you know, um, we're going to get into, I, I, I think I was a little more negative on that issue than you were, Dan, uh, in terms of how certain things with the multiverses are being used and all these different characters and timelines and whatnot. And, you know, sometimes I almost get the sense that slot's just showing off that, you know, he, he knows all these different things and can like pull out these, you know, really deep cut stories like out of nowhere. Um, so, you know, again, like Someone doesn't have to have read every single Spider-Man issue ever to be a good Spider-Man writer, you know. Like I, I, I just, I don't know. And and sometimes, you know, then you get someone like a Defalco, who you know is probably like you know huge Spider-Man fan, I think, in real life. But like, I don't know. Like, I never got the sense that like he was just so mired in continuity and how he wrote.
1: No, or in how he talks about things. You know, he's just kind of like the good story will find its way through. Although we right. are getting some Tom DeFalco, and we'll talk about that a little later.
0: All right. So for our next question, this is from another one of our our our, our super fans, Tom Uncle Pete Ayello, uh, and, and Tom writes to us. Um, what event would you have liked to have seen other than when uh, Spider Man was bitten by the spider? So, in other words, what, what, what scene from the comics, you know, a cl- classic scene, NASA classic scene, whatever, uh, would we, ha- if it happened in real life, would we have like, w- wanted to be there for? Um, Dan, do you have an answer for that?
1: Yeah, I do. And it's going to go back to kind of a controversial Spider Man storyline uh, okay. that doesn't actually fit into continuity necessarily. Um, okay. But the ending of Spider-Man Reign, where uh, uh. <laughs> where old <laughs> Spider-Man is, like, mounting the top of this skyscraper. And I love the visual like, – I mean, when I'm thinking about things I want to see, I, I'm thinking of, like, visual moments, you know? And seeing, like, an old Spider-Man like, in, like, th- this classic Spider-Man costume fighting his way to the top of, like, the Empire State Building and then, like – Fighting off like, like dozens of Venom symbiotes to me, like while lightning is striking the roof. I mean that's so like epic. I can't think of a moment really that reaches that amount of like just pure gravitas in terms of like the stakes that are involved and you know how many like things are going on and 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 the the jokes all while in the face of death. I think I would have liked to see seen that.
0: Uh, are we going to see Spider-Man Reign in uh, Spider-Verse? I would it, love to see that, but I have not seen any images of it yet. I mean, he's every—it's every Spider-Man ever, and he's definitely from a different multiverse. So I'm, I'm going to uh,
1: keep my eyes out for that. I would love to see
0: Old Man Spider-Man show up. Old Man Spider-Man. Well, I, I know the the one of the females from Spider-Women from old man Logan showed up.
1: Yeah, I did see that. Yeah.
0: Um, spider B word that we shouldn't say on the air. Thank you, Mark Millar. (laughs) Oh, Mark Millar. Um, all right. For me, my event, um, now, uh, those who've been paying attention to chasing amazing this summer, uh, might be noting that I've been, uh, going through the, the original alien costume saga, uh, kind of doing my issue by issue. I call it my summer concert series. Last summer I did the hobgoblin saga. Uh, and for me, I'm kind of harkening back to the, those issues. The moment I would love to see is that in Amazing Spider-Man 252, that that it was, it's not the first splash page. I think the opening splash page is actually a newspaper saying, where are the heroes? But, like, Spider-Man with Kurt Connors kind of swooping in from, from the Beyonders world from Secret Wars <laughs> uh, in that new black costume for the first time. And just, like, everybody's mind just being like, First of all, like, where the hell is Spider-Man coming from? Why does he have this one-armed man under his arm? And why is he in a black costume? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, And it's just, like, in the middle of Central Park. Like, guess how awesome would that be? I mean, Dan, I know you you, you don't live in New York anymore, but, you know, think back to those days. Just hanging, hanging on the big lawn and then watching Spider-Man jump through in his new costume.
1: That would have been remarkable. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if I'm really being honest here, just seeing Spider-Man swing around the streets of New York, like... I don't know, Mark. Have you ever like walked down the streets and just like thought to yourself, like, what would it be like if a dude just swang by, like, and then you never saw it ever again? Like, no one ever mentioned ever again. It was just a dude that swung by on webs. Like, I don't. Know, I used to think about that. Like, would anybody believe me? Uh, I, I
0: always wanted to know what it would look like to see um, a twenty-something-year-old guy dressed in black, disco dancing on the street to uh, a variation of "Staying Alive."
1: Speaking of which, Mark, you still need to, like, pay up on that.
0: Yes, I do. I do. And it's it's coming, folks. But, um, yeah, that was part of the reason why I referenced it because I'm a good guy. Um, <laughs> so I hope we answered your question, Tom. And obviously, you know, everyone else, if you got questions for us, um, it, it is uh, amazingspidertalk at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. I know we, 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 we got our super fans that we hear from uh quite frequently, but if anyone else out there has got questions, by all means, send them in to us. We love doing these.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Now is the time of the show where we thank all the wonderful people who have decided to donate some of their hard-earned money to the show and have opted to join the friendly neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club. This week we welcome into the fold Christoph Staffel and Peter Speerbrecher.
1: Each episode, we assign each member a number and then randomly decide who gets what free digital comic from us. There were a lot of winners this week, and we gave away a lot of comics. And as this list is growing longer, we're not going to read everybody's names out. So these are the books that we gave away this week to our fans: Superior Foes 12, Learning to Crawl 1.2, Miles Morales number 3, Amazing Spider-Man number 3, All New Ultimates number 4, The 100th Anniversary of Spider-Man, and All New Ultimates number 5.
0: Well, congratulations to all the winners out there. And uh, what you should do is check your email, and we will uh, email you your code. Uh, so please also redeem your code. Uh, keep these comics in circulation. Uh, and also remember, if you like to become a member of the Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club and help support our show, please go to our sites and click on the giant button that reads Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club.
1: Why did we name it that? I don't know, Mark. But let's go and talk about all the spider news that we have to talk about. Spider Man, Spider Man does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches feet just like guys. Look out! Here
0: comes the Spider Man. Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's yes, yes. Speaking of, speaking of long winded things. There was a heck of a lot going on in spider at, at san diego comic con huh yeah, oh my goodness um, but before we get to that let's talk about a couple of things so um so marvel's seventy fifth anniversary is this year, and uh, you know october november September well I think it's mainly october November they're doing a lot of cool stuff uh, to to mark the anniversary, one of which is that they're doing to do a seventy fifth anniversary anthology comic which is going to have a spider-man story from our good friend the legendary tom defalco
1: yeah i'm really excited um and 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 scott Hanna as well who's appeared on our show
0: yes yes so so two friends of the podcast uh defalco writing spider-man again uh defalco did some of the 50th anniversary stuff too didn't he some of those one shots
1: um, I think so. I'm not. Into- yes, he did. He did do one of the one shots. Him and uh, and you know some of our other favorite creators. Yes,
0: yes. Yeah. So, Stern did. Yeah. Oh, Roger Stern. Good old Roger. Um, so so I'm excited about that. And and you know I don't. Um, we just saw uh, recently that that Marvel is going to do a 75th anniversary omnibus. And there's a bunch of Spider-Man comics that are going to be in that one, too, including uh, Amazing Spider-Man 700, but also Amazing Fantasy 15 and uh, 31 to 33. If this be my destiny, Amazing Spider-Man 50, uh, the kid who only collects uh, the kid who only collects Spider-Man. So um, that omnibus is going to be something else probably too. Um, big, 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 big chunk for your coffee table. There you go. <laughs> Um, What else we got going on, Dan?
1: Well, you know, we're going to talk about Spider-Man 2099 in a minute, but, um, you know, one of the big things to talk about, newsworthy about it, is that the first issue sold over 100,000
0: copies. Yeah, I was surprised to see that. I mean, as much as I was excited to read it and didn't end up liking it, I really enjoyed it, but um, I I didn't think that Spider-Man 2099 had that kind of demand anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know what this proves, you know, kind of, is that You know, if the fans demand something, like you know, they'll turn up for it. I guess you know Um, that. You know, and it's nice, especially for Peter David, you know, who, you know, very few of these writers and artists from his time on the on the book have really returned or or really stayed around with Marvel. And you know, Peter David had that you know fatal near fatal uh, stroke last year. So you know, seeing him recover, you know, to the point that he even got his series back is really uh exciting and i think was really wonderful so congratulations to him and marvel for bringing back a franchise from the 90s um that we haven't seen in like 20
0: years you know up until its cancellation it was one of their better selling books uh certainly their best selling 2099 book um and there was a lot of them at one point Um, so, um, like I said, yeah, it's, it's good to see that, you know, revisiting this, this has thus far proven to be uh, a good business decision in in addition to giving, you know, fans apparently what they wanted. So is this uh, the return
1: of the nineties, Mark?
0: You know, it seems like it, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to get our, our Death of Wolverine uh, super foil cover uh, in September. So that that doesn't say 90s. I don't know what does. Well, we've
1: also got, like, Lobo and Deathstroke and Deadpool vs. X-Force. I mean, these are, like, straight-up 90s books.
0: Oh, yeah, man. And then, and of course, don't forget DC's lenticular covers in September, kind of like what they did last year, too. So yeah. <laughs> um, all through September. <laughs> um Let's talk a little bit about some of this, the uh, Comic Con panel stuff, and then we can talk about uh, a lot of movie stuff too. Because, sure. like I said, a lot's going on. But in terms of Comic Con, a um, lot of Spider Verse going on. Um, as 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 Dan Slot said, Spider Verse affects everything. It affects your fan fiction. Uh, <laughs> And uh, in regards to that, you know, we, we, we already knew about the Edge of Spider Verse miniseries that's going to come in September, where we get the, the Gwen Stacy Spider Woman series. Uh, well, not series, but one, yeah, it's part of a four part miniseries. Um, but here we're, we're going to get a Spider Verse team up. So I guess we're going to be pairing off. Uh, different Spider-Man from across the multiverse. Am I am I remembering that correctly, Dan?
1: Yeah, well, it's a it's a you know three issue mini series. But what's actually interesting about it is who's attached to it. And so far, yeah. they've announced Christos Gage, Roger Stern, Tom DeFalco, and Dave Williams to be on the book.
0: Yeah, definitely. So some 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 A plus talent there. Uh, and then we're going to get a Scarlet Spider se- uh, mini series too with with the original with Ben Riley, right?
1: Yeah. So I guess. Ben Riley is back, although probably not in the manner that some fans want him to be.
0: Right. Um, and he's teaming up
1: with Kane and Ultimate Jessica Drew in her horrible new costume.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I do like Jessica Drew in Ultimate, regardless of her costume. Um, so so that so those are those should be some interesting books. I mean again, like you know, we got a ton of ancillary series during spider island i felt some were better than others like i really liked the cloak and dagger mini by nick spencer uh that year um was kind of less so with the um spider girl and deadly hands of kung fu stuff um but you know hopefully some of these can kind of match like what we got with cloak and dagger that year
1: yeah absolutely and what i like about them is that there's so many different writers like it feels like they're bringing these people on because they saw a vision or an idea that, you know, could come forth from this. So, I mean, who knows? I'm hearing a lot of buzz over the um, Gwen Stacy Spider-Man story. Yes. Uh, I mean, everybody on the Internet is going wild like, in anticipation about it. I mean, it could end up being not good. But, like, everybody loves the artwork and the concept. So, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that thing sold pretty well.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, not for nothing. the 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 visual looks the the, the illustrations look really great. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love that costume. Um, but um, and then we're gonna get a Spider Woman book, and we're talking Spider Woman Earth six uh, one six Spider Woman, and uh, with Jessica Drew, right?
1: Yeah, they could do a whole Spider Verse of just different Spider Women in the six one six universe.
0: That's true. That's true. But um, <laughs> you know um. And and this kind of dovetails into, you know, some movie news we get about a, a female character that's going to carry a, a Sony movie, a Spider-Man movie soon. Um, you know, could could Spider-Woman be it? I don't know. But it, I guess it comes down to who owns what is Spider-Woman. And I think of Spider-Woman more as an Avenger now than anything else. I really don't think of her in terms of Spider-Man's universe.
1: Yeah, I would be surprised if Spider-Woman was like part of Sony's ownership. um I mean, you see a lot of reporting on maybe it's Spider-Woman, but I think it's mostly just because people don't know who Spider-Woman is. Right, Um right. I don't know. I think it's more likely that the character is Black Cat. Um, I mean, what do you think about this new Spider-Woman book that's going to feature Silk as the, like, co-star, at least in the first arc? Like, are you interested in this?
0: I'll check it out. But like I said, I mean, like, I, I just don't think of Jessica Drew as being part of that Spider-Man universe and, and – you know not that i mean i read other stuff besides spider-man but i mean like i don't know there's there's probably a lot of other books that aren't spider-man related that i would want to put my money towards first before i would jump into a jessica drew led book i mean the characters just never really kind of hit that hot spot for me in terms of who she is and what she does um I mean, the Silk tie-in will kind of mandate that I at least take a look at it.
1: And it's, like, tied into Spider-Verse. Apparently she's, like, leading an army of uh, Spider-Men against whatever force they're going to be fighting.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, there was that one random Spider-Woman, Spider-Island one-shot with, like, the Thing. And I, I, was, I was kind of, eh, with that. Um,
1: I do like Dennis Hopeless, who's the writer. He did Avengers Arena. I don't know if you read any of those.
0: I didn't. I heard that was that was pretty decent, though.
1: I did like them, although I'm a little less moved by the idea of Greg Land,
0: especially oh, yeah, drawing yeah, yeah.
1: female characters. Um,
0: yeah, I, I don't think you're alone with that. I think a lot of people are kind of <laughs> kind of done with Greg Land. <laughs> um, I
1: just don't want like I complain about people looking like porn stars in my books, and now I'm really going
0: to complain about it. Yeah, yeah. But but hey, you know, on the flip side. Uh, another another female carrying a book. We've been getting a lot of that from Marvel between Black Widow and Elektra and Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel. Um, so you know, hopefully this kind of follows suit. I mean, it's it, again, it's good to see women characters, you know, being the featured character and not being sidekicks.
1: Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, and and that leads into the movie too. You know, this idea that Sony. I mean, my guess is that they saw the box office success of the film Lucy over the past couple weekends. Which is making a ton of money And they said, you know, there's an audience here And, you know, we'll make a lot of news By being the first people to announce A superhero movie led by a a woman And, you know, good for them For doing that
0: Um, Although, I mean, not to to be negative But I kind of have to you know hold my breath with a lot of stuff with Sony because you know kind of buried in all this is the fact that Spider Amazing Spider-Man 3 was is is getting bumped to 2018 it was usually going to be what 2016 right Yeah. Was the original and and you know it sounds like they're going to kind of um shoehorn in these kind of uh, you know universe expanding movies between uh, a female movie with an unannounced character and I and I agree with you I think it's going to be Black Cat all the way the only, the only wild card was is if would they do Spider-Girl
1: Yeah I doubt it um, I
0: doubt it. I doubt it, too. But maybe because of the kind of cult popularity of that series, maybe someone taps into that. But it's probably going to be Black Cat. They've already uh, cast Felicity Jones as Felicia Hardy. So Yeah, I mean- yeah. I mean, the character's there. Um, although, again, if we're going to get this character before Spider-Man 3, it kind of like, you know... You're you're kind of putting the cart before the horse, so to speak. It's like you know we we don't really get to see that transition unless, I guess, Sinister Six. But again, like that that Sinister Six movie, just I I have no idea what they're going to do with that with that movie.
1: I mean, it seems uh, clear to me that Sony just doesn't know what they're doing with the Spider-Man franchise. So I'm guessing they're going to take this extra time to try to figure out like how they can fix it. I mean, Amazing Spider-Man Two did not. Light up the box office compared to its predecessors.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, I even heard that they would—they're de- debating for instead of doing Spider-Man three, it's rebooting the whole thing again.
1: I have heard that too, but I don't think they would actually do it. Um, I
0: think that would be suicide if they did that. Like, you can't yeah. do that. You know what I mean? Like, like it's just like then just give up and give give the the license back to Marvel or, I mean, or work I, I, out I'm it hoping they in just get
1: better talent on it. I mean, the woman who's writing the new female-led Spider-Man film was this woman named. uh, Lisa Joy Nolan who did like Pushing Daisies and she has that new show coming out called Westworld Um, and she's the wife of Jonathan Nolan the guy who writes all of Christopher Nolan's movies so you know maybe they're trying to get some really top class talent to try to turn around the series with just better writing Um,
0: yeah I mean the the, the thing is you know as Winter Soldier proved you, you know you can get television people and make a good Movie out of with them, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, that was, I mean, that was the thing with Winter Soldier. The directors were sitcom people, so you know, if 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 this if uh you know Nolan is you know from Pushing Daisies, my wife loved Pushing Daisies when that was on, so I don't know whatever that's worth. She's got okay (laughs) taste in TV, I think.
1: There you go, (laughs) straight from Mark's wife.
0: Yeah, she's got okay taste. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so we'll see. Um, and then of course. And I'm sure you probably could just imagine the look on my face. Venom Carnage. Yay. The new
1: new Venom movie, which has been, uh, you know, in production. And I can tell you, I live two blocks away from Sony Pictures. Oh, lucky you. I know. So the town is just bedecked in Spider-Man things. And Uh they are not backing down from this thing because Spider-Man is everywhere. Um, All right. And, uh, yeah, so the Venom movie has a working title of Venom Carnage. So, Mark, cue the fireworks.
0: We're going to yeah, paint whatever. the
1: town red, Mark.
0: Yeah, I, I I, almost lost my mind going back to... Uh but I was complaining about when that, when I was talking about the, the 75th anniversary omnibus before. Uh, so, Marvel, you know, the, the fans, it's funny, the fans voted on it, but then like Marvel kind of like culled the fan list to make the ultimate final list. So, like, they didn't completely trust the fans. <laughs> um, but, like, in like the top 25 stories from the fan vote was Maximum Carnage. And I was just like, who are these people that still love this storyline that much? It's such a Bad story, Dan. I completely agree with you. Like, like who? Uh, you know, like if 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 these if that story is so great, why isn't like every Carnage miniseries selling two hundred thousand copies? You I mean, it know know must I mean? be like,
1: selling a good amount, you know, to get all of these books that they've been doing.
0: I don't know. I mean, like, I, I didn't get the sense that Kevin Shinnick thought that, like, his book was, like, you know, like, top of the charts when he, when, when we had him on the show. So, I don't know. I, well, because I just, he
1: dared to do something interesting with Carnage.
0: That's true, too. That's true, too. But I, I don't know. Like, I just, I, I just don't know who these people are. Um, you know, like, it's like, <laughs> really? 75 greatest Marvel stories ever, maximum Carnage.
1: Which I would that's... easily rank amongst their worst.
0: I would say that story is about 11 parts too long. (laughs) That's a three part story, if even. (laughs) Yeah. But at least it gets Firestar in. Uh, Anyway, it makes for Uh, good kindling. Yeah, exactly. Uh, any, Any other big news coming out, Dan? Not from
1: me, except that we're about to talk about Spider Man 2099.
0: We're going we're gonna to do a little micro-review. We're going to try something new here just because, you know, the podcast is probably already going on long enough for some of you out there. Um, I just – I thought because, you know, Spider-Man 29, number one, it's a, it's a new uh, spinoff title. This book is going to tie into Spider-Verse. Um, I just wanted to note um, that I really thought this was a lot of fun. Um, I was happy after I read it. I was like, okay, I, I, I can see myself enjoying this book on my poll. Um, I, I thought it was certainly as good – as the Remender Venom series when it started and, and the um, and uh, chrisio's uh, Scarlet Spider series when it first started. Um, you know, I like the way that Peter David kind of just worked in some of the original 90s stuff, but he did it in a kind of a logical, sensible way. And also I felt that this was some of the best characterization we've gotten for um, Tiberius Stone and Liz Allen since they were kind of reintroduced in Superior um, uh, last year. Um, so what did you think, Dan?
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. I thought the humor, especially, was really great, um, and the characters, new and old, were interesting. You know, uh, it feels like we have a good supporting cast here. Um, so, you know, I'm right on board with you. I really enjoyed this book. I mean, I think the humor did it for me. You know, like him joking about what to call him and being called S-Man, and yes. the the villain, the kind of like dogmatic. Like, get like is this person going to affect the timeline kind of jokes? I thought that was really enjoyable.
0: Yeah, I, um, I enjoyed uh, him trying to transform into his costume and ending up in a tuxedo.
1: Yeah, that was good, too. Um, <laughs> I, I enjoyed it all throughout. I, I'm not totally sold on the art yet. It feels a little, like, static to me. Um, but we've got Rick Leonardi coming on in a couple issues, and I'm yeah. super excited about him returning. So, like, I am pumped for the, the future of the series.
0: Yeah, I mean, I did like some of Will Slining's pages. There was one. Uh, there was kind of a full-page splash of him, just kind of like it, almost looked like he's floating in the air, like backside down, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, um, I mean, I
1: don't think it's it's bad art. I, it, you right, know, it's Just right. not my favorite. Um, it
0: just didn't it didn't set your world on fire. Yeah, it didn't, yeah, you know. yeah. Um, but yeah, for for micro review purposes, I actually gave this issue an A minus. What about you, Dan?
1: Yeah, I'm giving it a B. It's a solid start. You know, no real crazy dramatics, but I enjoyed the hell out of it
0: all righty well dan we are we are marching towards the end of our podcast and we are now talking about amazing spider-man number 1.3 in the learning to crawl miniseries talked about 1.2 seems like forever ago now but um 1.3 some of the issues i was having with with the last issue i just they're not going away dan and 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 and, and i'm kind of growing a little impatient with what dan slott's trying to do here i mean it's it's a fun book and it's reverent and it pays homage to the past but you know like it it, kind of it keeps walking that line between Trying to do something new and then just trying to be so steeped in old continuity that I feel like I ends up doing nothing. And, and and it makes me confused as to who this book is really being targeted for.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Um, I never thought I would say this, but um I mean for me some <laughs> of the problems went away. You know, I, I now understand Clayton's motivations a lot mm-hmm. clearer. And I find that the book works best when we're focusing on him. I'm way more interested in Clayton. Than I am on any of the Peter Parker stuff.
0: Yeah, Clayton was an improvement definitely in this issue. I felt in 1.2 he was a little too much like, you know, a poor man's alpha. Um,. And, and I do like some of the decisions that Slot's making, um, kind of how he's comparing and contrasting Peter and Clayton. Like there's that scene in the very beginning where, you know, he's like in his room, you know, mixing his audio and whatnot. And, and you know, he's just completely like losing his, his mind. And his mother is just – Clayton I'm talking about obviously. His mother is just outside like knocking on the door like dinner time. Like, you know, it's like this tranquil, uh, you know uh, – you know from a paint you know a classic 1950s painting american family uh but you know with a kid who's just kind of losing his mind whereas peter is the is the orphan with the with you know he's keeping secrets from his aunt and you know she's breaking into his room and wondering what he's doing at night and you know is he going to his therapy sessions and all this other kind of stuff and 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 you know meanwhile peter is the one who seems to be more well adjusted and clayton is the one who's just you know going bonkers
1: I hear what you're saying, Mark, but I don't know that I necessarily agree. I think the contrast is there, you know, and and based on our knowledge of, like, who Peter becomes, you know. But in this comic, they don't seem too far apart from each other, and I don't really like either of them. Um, You know, I complain about this in in Amazing Spider-Man number 4 review, but, like, Peter, you know, he's trying to get on with his day, but any time that he, you know, puts on the suit, like, in this one in particular – you know, uh, Clayton, as Clash comes into this auditorium, what does Peter do? He puts on his suit and then just decks him for no reason at all. And, yeah. Um, you know, and I guess it's a classic misunderstanding, but... You know, I don't know that I really have someone I'm rooting for. Um, throughout,
0: I mean, slots. I feel like slot did kind of warn readers before this series started that you know, hey, remember in the beginning, Peter was not the most likable guy, and I don't think that's an exaggeration. I mean, the you know, there's some very odd character moments involving Peter during the Lee Dicko run. Uh, I don't know quite quite as brash as this, but. I don't. I don't think it's too far off the reservation for me.
1: Yeah, I don't um, think it's off the reservation, but I think it works against the comparison that Slot is trying to set up between the two of the uh, of the boys. Yeah, Do you see what I'm saying?
0: Um, no, I hear you. I okay. hear you. Um, but um, again, Dan, for me, like I the the I agree with you that I felt the Clayton stuff was much better, but this comic still loses me. The series still loses me when it just starts trying to like recolor not even recolor but just kind of like dance around the events from the first few issues like oh here's the vulture scene from you know here's a reference to the vulture scene amazing spider-man number two and you know here's here's a reference to this scene and here's a reference to that scene and you know i know what they're talking about but like i i'm thinking that every time i read this book i'm thinking who are these fans who are picking you know who have not read the first you know, seven hundred plus issues of Amazing Spider Man and everything else like we like we generally have. I mean, you know, with a few exceptions of issues that we've missed in our lives. Uh you know, who who are these people that you know, what are they thinking for this stuff? This is like I mean like I don't know, it's gotta be sucking the joy out of it, right?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think so. I mean, or it makes them more more intrigued. I mean, I'm trying to think back to like young me would go, Oh, I wanna know what that was <laughs> Um, And I think it's handled a little bit stronger in this issue than in prior issues. Here it feels like it makes sense to the narrative for him to kind of go and do that. Whereas in the Mm. past it was like, I just got to the science museum. Oh, I need to go now. You know, and here it's like, oh, he's looking for a way to make money. And this seems like a good way to do that. Um, And I bought it a bit more. I like the visualization of the vulture in this. I thought it was nice artwork. Um, Right. So... I bought into it a little more than the past, but I do agree with you that it's still awkward.
0: Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this, this, this comic answers the question. I don't know. I, I don't think I ever really was asking this. and I, I don't know if you have, Dan, about what. So why didn't Peter ever submit the web shooters for the science fair?
1: Yeah, I mean, so. I, I guess I've thought of that, you know, but I always just figured it was to, like, avoid
0: the direct connection between him and Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's the bottom line. I mean, and, and we'll, we could talk about this in regards to like the Aunt May stuff towards the end of this comic too, like her reaction to Spider Man. Like, I feel like a lot of the stuff that that is being thrown into this story that's that's not necessarily Clayton related. It's like it doesn't really add anything. It's just it's just it's just embellishing, you know. Like we like I I, I think people who you know are well versed in their Spider Man, you know. Kind of get why Aunt May doesn't like Spider Man. Like, you know, she, he's, he's, you know, she's recently widowed and there's a strange man in a strange costume showing up and, you know, he's being bad mouthed by the press and, you know, he was. You know apparently there the night that the guy who killed her husband died uh, was, was was captured, I mean, you know, like there's a lot of weird vibes going on with this character, so what is like having her witness a fight between him and someone else and almost you know her her almost getting caught in the in the melee like how does what does that ultimately do for the history of the character to explain why she is the way she is? you know?
1: Yeah, it seems kind of obvious, but um there were things I did like about this. Did you okay, like anything you- in this mark?
0: Uh, <laughs> I, well you mean in the MA scene or overall No,
1: overall i mean like you. Seem i told you i like some
0: i like some of the clash stuff i um i mean the ramon perez's art continues to be fantastic
1: i thought the visualization of his powers in the opening scene was really phenomenal
0: yeah no i i i don't dislike this series it's it's just it's not it's not for me dan that's what you it boils just don't down to know
1: where it belongs
0: yeah, I, it's just like I, I'm I'm sitting there and I'm reading this and I'm I'm you know it's kind of what I was saying about Amazing Spider-Man number three. It's like and I don't normally do this in a dance slot comic. I'm just like get to the point already. What are we what are we what are we aiming for? Like this is not like I'm not get you know I'm not picking up my weekly list and then like grabbing my comic and be like I have to read Learning to Crawl because I'm just dying to know what happens next because it's just not that kind of series.
1: Sure, sure, and I, I agree with you I mean, uh, yeah, it's it's one that I read each time it comes out But I'm not excited about it But I do think that there's some nice little things in it I love all the kids are dressed up like superheroes at the fair And it's like a nice representation of what it was like For all these ap- heroes to start appearing all at once You know, uh, and I thought that was fun and, Yeah, um, definitely And all the little dialogue things Peter and Aunt May And her trying to set him up with girls It's fun too Um, I don't know. You're right. You're right. You know, the more I think about it, it's like not even worth recounting the things I liked because it's just kind (laughs) of, it's just kind of like fine. Like it's nice, I guess. And the art's good. But yeah, what is it adding? I don't know. You bring up a good point, Mark.
0: Uh, when every once in a while I have one, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, no. Like I said, I'm not trying to sound like overly negative. I, it's not a bad series. It's just, eh, you know, like it's it's right. It's kind of just there for me right now. And 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 even even with some of the crazy stuff going on in amazing Spider-Man, that's a little disagreeable uh, to us. I, I'm I, I feel more invested in that book because it's it's more unpredictable and and there there are stakes. Whereas I just don't know what the stakes are with this book.
1: Sure sure
0: I, I mean you know it just kind of kind of just feels like i don't want to say a vanity project because that sounds mean but um you know just kind of like you know i think when 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 they were transitioning into the new era of spider-man post-superior it's like oh what's a, what's a project dance lad always wanted to do okay well let's do like an origin retelling you know like yeah. and and you yeah. know so he's doing it and now that's you know you can cross that off the list you know like
1: <laughs> well it's funny that we like mentioned Scott Snyder early earlier because i think it's actually a fair comparison the work of Dan Slott and the work of Scott Snyder both are like upending the characters and trying all these new things with them and e- even revisiting their origins but i i do think that his are just far more effective um yeah
0: yeah i mean yeah, no, I I agree 100. I'm glad I'm glad that we could talk about this book in a way that you know that we now that we both have read most of it. <laughs>
1: <so>. <laughs> well, you know it's um, funny because Dan Slott compared it to Batman Year One, like the concept of learning to crawl, and I yeah. don't think that it's lived up to that in any way.
0: No, no, I mean there there are, there are a bunch of origin retellings that I I think are far far superior that say more about the character. I think that's what it boils down to. what do you what what is you know the, the 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 fifteen second pitch that Mark Wade did for you know for Thrillbent Comics at San Diego, which our our, our good friend Longbox Graveyard is is going to write a combat a comic, people, which is I think pretty amazing. Um, but you know, it, Mark Wade's thing was you got to be able to describe it in fifteen seconds. I don't know what what the fifteen second pitch I'm learning to crawl is. If we're being completely candid and truthful about it, I mean, yeah, you could say, oh, it's year one, but for Spider Man, I you know what is you know it's not that you know what i mean like what is it actually and i don't know if someone can answer that in 15 seconds do you
1: think it would have benefited from being like an alternate universe or like a complete like fresh redrawing of it like a like a, a modernization or something like maybe it's so beholden to the old issues that it just can't really be that
0: interesting i think that 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 has something to do with it i mean i think you know when, you, when you're talking Spider-Man history, obviously, I, you know Chapter One with Burn kind of like scarred every anybody from really attempting to go in a different direction with it. Um, but you know, like, I mean, that's why I, I keep coming back to Untold Tales of Spider-Man because I feel like that that series was more in line with what I think would be more effective with learning to crawl. It's just, it's just kind of, you know, like you're not you're not completely upending continuity and 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 but but you're, you're just telling really different new kind of stories that are independent of what was already published you know hypothetically at that time you know what i mean like you know like like you know yes when 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 salmon or electro show up obviously there's like oh i fought you blah blah weeks ago whatever but like then that's it and then it's just like Here's a story about Spider-Man and Electro. Here's a story about Spider-Man meeting the X-Men. Here's here's an early Spider-Man Mary Jane story. You know what I mean? Here's the recipe for Aunt May's wheat cakes. Um, great stuff. <laughs> 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 um, so anyway, so I, what grade did you before. give
1: this, Mark? Oh, you want grades? Yeah, why but, not? Uh,
0: I, I I'm giving C which means for all three books on this on this uh, podcast, I did not break the letter B, which kind of Makes me feel sad, but Kissera. Uh,
1: and I'm going to give it a B minus. Although you might convince me to give it a C plus
0: mark. No, I keep it a B minus. It, it it keeps the the stain and of negativity off this podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we, weird that this was my favorite of the three bucks.
0: You know, strange things. Stranger things have happened.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But
0: I think the next batch of issues that we we talk about will be a little little better. At least I know the Superior Thirty Two. Um, as much as I had some issues with it, I, I did enjoy it, I think, more than this current batch. So, yeah, me too. But we'll, but, we'll, but we'll get to that next time. So anyway, let's, let's, let's take it on home, Dan.
1: All right. You can find all of our new Amazing Spider Talk and old Superior Spider Talk podcasts at superiorspidertalk.com or find us on iTunes and Stitcher by searching for Amazing Spider Talk. And if you do, please make sure you leave us a rating and a comment to let us know how we're doing and we'll be sure to read it on the air. If you have any opinions on these comics or any questions, email them to us at AmazingSpiderTalk at gmail.com, and we'll address and read them on the air.
0: Also, be sure to check out both of our Facebook pages at Facebook.com SuperiorSpiderTalk and Facebook.com ChasingAmazing, because they are actually great places to keep up with us in between shows, as we often put up articles that we've written in other breaking news about the Spider-Man universe. It's also a great way to get in touch with us. Uh, don't forget to check out our friendly neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club that helps support our show. Well, Dan, uh, now that you're in L.A. and all hooked up and ready to go, where else can we find your work?
1: Of course, you can uh, always find all of my writing about Spider-Man at SuperiorSpiderTalk.com or follow us on Twitter at at Sup Spider Talk You can follow me and my personal account um, On Twitter at, at Dan Gavazdin, And read my movie reviews At GrindMyReels.com What about you Mark? Where can we find you?
0: Uh, yes, well, of course, you can always find me uh, at chasing, www.chasingamazingblog.com. Uh, we'll be finishing up over the next couple of weeks the final two installments of the Alien Costume Saga Retro Review. And uh, I could pretty much predict right now that that come the fall we'll be talking about some different alternative Spider-Man stories, some Spider-Verse stuff. Hey, Dan, maybe we'll even I'll even finally weigh in on Spider-Man Reign just so you could truly hate me uh, I would, forever I would and ever. I would
1: love to read your interpretation of- because maybe I'll write a piece on it too
0: okay well there you will get that dueling pieces and and that'll be that um... And then in other venues, you, you can find me on Twitter at ChasingASMblog. blog. Uh, and uh, you can find, I haven't written in a while, but I, I still technically write gimmick or good. A comic should be good. I, I haven't been writing a lot because I've been writing a ton for uh, comicbook.com where I'm contributing different top 10 or top five or top eight lists about different comic book characters uh, all, all across the, uh, the world of comics. Awesome.
1: Mark, you are a warrior for uh, the medium of comic books here.
0: Uh, we 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 try. We aim to please. We, you know, it's 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 just good to be able to write about stuff that I just am reading about anyway, or or would want to read about anyway. Because you know, like uh, I recently wrote something about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original Eastman and Laird series. I haven't read that since I was a kid, so I was like, hell, I'll, I'll I'll pick that up again. I'll I'll take a look at that. I mean, I was probably I was probably I was probably seven when I read that. I got the, you know, when the cartoons came out, I got like a uh, trade paperback of those comics and was like. This is weird. Where's Bebop and Rocksteady? <laughs> <laughs> well cool. I'll have to
1: check that out, Mark.
0: Alright, very good. Um so Dan, uh is did Uncle Ben find you in LA or anything like that or <laughs> well, he's
1: buried in New York. I don't know I don't know what you're implying.
0: Oh, okay, sorry. Um so, so so I guess then well, you know, I know that the you know California can be a pretty pretty, you know, different place politically philosophically i mean do they still believe that with great podcasts must also come amazing spider talk
1: i'm not sure you'll have to ask sony pictures
0: (laughs) okay well well since sony pictures barely acknowledges the death of uncle ben uh let us serve as the beacon of truth of what the true lessons of spider-man is which is again with great podcasts must also come amazing spider talk